Yes, it's your new favorite podcast about board games, The Boarding Party. Now grab your meeples and let's hit the table. Welcome back to another episode of The Boarding Party. We haven't done this in a long... Well, we did it at the start of quarantine. I'm making noise already to kick things <laughs> off. Uh, we did it at the start of quarantine, and then uh, we kind of... We didn't do it for a couple of weeks because we haven't played anything. We really haven't... We had, we had were playing stuff every night for a while. And then I kind of went back to work, and then we kind of stopped playing every night. But now we're back to a kind of a in-between schedule where... I work for a few days, and then I'm off for a long time, and then I work for a few days. So we've had time to play some games, and we picked up some new stuff, added it to the rotation. My wife had a birthday Woo-hoo. in the last time we were here, uh, since the last time we were here. Happy birthday. Thank you. How do you feel? You look fantastic. I feel the same. Yeah, you look great. Yeah. You look great. You've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. That's a problem. We've kind of abandoned our, our board games from video games. <laughs> You're on that island. You're hustling every day, baby. You're hustling. You're hustling for shellfish, and you're hustling for bugs and and uh, and fossils and fruit and whatnot and whatnot. And you're decorating your house, but we we did get a chance to play some good games. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of were. We'll get to it at the end of the at the end of the hour. But well, not hour. We're only, we're not going to go an hour today, but we'll get it get to it at the end of the show. We we finally played our way through all of the the original uh, uh, set. Uh, Hog- the Harry Potter Hogwarts battle game. So the the uh, the version the, we do have the uh, ex- ex- I can't even, why can't I talk right now expansion. Thank you. I, we do have the expansion to play through still, but yeah, we got through the 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 standalone game. What's the word I'm trying to say? Not the original. We got through the, the base the base game. Thank you so much. <laughs> we decided to do this at the last minute, and it shows because. I don't know words. I also slept about four hours last night, so that didn't help. But uh, here we are. Uh, husband and wife, ready to go. <laughs> ready to fight boredom with some board game reviews. So <laughs> let's get right into it. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, right? I like that drop. Uh, we started out, so uh, a couple games came out er, early on in the summer. Um, and we're like, hey, let's, let's try some of these out. Uh, so the first one we tried is we're big fans of. I am a big fan of anything that they're usually some of them, um, some of them are not good, but I like a a game based on like a movie. Mm. So an intellectual property, as yes, it were. an IP, which makes me think of Internet Protocol Address, which is something from back when I worked. In, but uh, <laughs> finish sentence. No, I can't. I mustn't. I must. I must only speak in fragments very Shatnerian. Uh, I do like a lot of... We do have a whole shelf of intellectual property games. We have uh, we have Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne. We've got Battlestar Galactica. We've got uh, Disney Villainous. We've got the Die Hard game. We've got the Jaws game. We've got uh, The Godfather. We've got... Uh, Gotham City Under Siege. Sons of Anarchy. Sons of the Apes. There's a lot. There's more than one shelf. Yeah. Some of these. There's some really great. I feel like The Godfather Corleone's Empire. It's a really good one. It's a fantastic game. Um, 
you know, and then there's other ones that are not so great. But uh, I'm not a huge fan. You really like Disney Villainous. Our game group likes Disney Villainous. I'm the. I like it. I wouldn't say really like. Oh, okay. You're just you're just okay with it. Yeah. I was. Under we the, talked about this last time. I was under the impression. Do that you, you not were, listen? I don't listen to the show. <laughs> I don't. As another podcaster once said, I don't listen. I just talk. But uh, yeah, I. I'm fine with villainous. It just—it's like, fine. Yeah. It's good, not great. But I feel like you—you you are more into like you just want it. You're like a completist. You like yeah, it's like you like the pieces. You yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So you're. I, I do. Visually, it's it's nice, and yeah, like I'd feel weird if I didn't have one of them. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh yeah, we can you know we can talk about that. Actually, that designer is going to come up, and we're going to sort of review one of his games. Um, but uh, so, Back to the Future uh, is <laughs> you one never of, really actually got those words out. <laughs> what was that? Back to the Future. Uh, it's called uh, Dice Through Time came out, and it is published by Ravensburger, who also do uh, Ravensburger does some some heavy hitting games. Um, they they do a lot of Euro games. They're also starting to branch out and do. I think they did the Jaws uh, game, and I think also they do. The Jurassic Park game, which we don't own, but Jake from the board game group owns it. Mm. So um, they're starting to do more uh, IPs like that. So Back to Future, uh, it's a little dice roller. Let me let me read what it says on Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek gives it a score of seven point eight for two to four players, uh, forty five to sixty minute playing time. Um, on a weight a complexity rating of a five, they give it a two. Two of five. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, categorized as a dice game. And I'll just read the uh, description for you. In this cooperative dice game, you'll take control of a DeLorean and travel through the entire Back to the Future film trilogy, completing memorable events and returning key items to their proper place and time before the out-of-time tracker reaches game over. Each round, you and your fellow players will roll dice to determine your actions, which include time travel, Moving, meddling members of the Tannen family, and more. Um, yeah, that's basically what you do. You go around and you're just trying to complete these little tasks. Mm-hmm. You have the four main timelines timelines from the film. 1885, 1955, 1985, and 2015. And you're trying to... There's a, there's a variant of Biff in each of those timelines. And you're trying to stop Biff from messing with the timeline. So this basically... Uh, takes the game takes place in the time when Biff has the sports almanac from Back to the Future Two, and he's messing with the timeline. So you got to go. Did that description refer to it as a trilogy? Yeah, but there are four movies. No, there's only three. Oh, I got you because you're there's the two times I got. There's you. four timelines. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. Uh, okay, never mind. I was like, it, wait a second. Yeah, because yeah. the eighty-five is the main. Ask so, me how many I've seen. <laughs> Guess. How many? How many? You wait, 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 wait. whoa, whoa! <laughs> Hold everything. <laughs> what? What? Our anniversary is coming up. How long have we been married? Coming up. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Okay. Uh huh. I'm just finding this out now. <laughs> You've only seen Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future. I think so. Yeah, I may have seen the second one. I know I've never seen the third one. I've never. That's the one on the train in the westerny, right? You've never seen Back to the Future three. No. Okay, we'll be right back, guys. We're going to pause. <laughs> it, you know what? Up until, I'm going to say this, up until, and this is as a Star Wars fan. I've seen all of those. Up until 
Now this is the pre this is pre prequels. Uh I'm gonna say up until up until Toy Story, I felt like Back to the Future Three was a stronger trilogy than even the Star Wars trilogy. I feel like every one of those movies is strong. Hmm. Okay. So I feel like we need to have a, a screening. Back to Future Two is great. A lot of people don't like it because it's a little bit. It's a little Empire Strikes Backy. It's a little, uh, you know, little 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 bummer. And it you know predicted Trump. So that's why a lot of other people Ooh. are bummed out about it. We're gonna we're gonna watch them. All right. So anyway, so how did, were you able? Were you confused by the events in the game? No. Okay. The game is actually the first time we played it. It was quite challenging. We had a we had a little bit of a challenge with it. It beat us the first yeah, time. Yeah, the first time we did not do well. And then the second time we kind of figured it out. And it's typical kind of Yahtzee type, type rules. You know, you can lock dice and you're trying to roll uh, certain combinations to get your you can the time travel. You have the flux capacitor capacitor show up on the dice. You can travel in time. You can move forward. You have to punch Biff. You have to be able to fix things. You can, you know, and so it just depends. And it's a co-op uh, game. You can leave a locked die for somebody for another person to help them. But what what the the um the, what really makes this game a challenge is the paradox. So at the end of each round, any any uh any paradox you have that's unsolved, you have to mark. And the more you have, the harder it gets to complete each of those. So, um, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's very simple. Like, it's not a very difficult game to learn and pick up. We learned it in a couple of minutes. Um, we've played games like this before. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I thought it themed well. I thought it, you know, the, the idea of jumping through all the timelines and stopping Biff oh, and uh, doing all that stuff, I thought it, it fit the theme very, very yeah, well. It seemed to. Yeah. And you, there's a lot of stuff you have to have. You're juggling a lot of stuff, and you have a lot of stuff in the air at this at the same time. And you sometimes. have to work together. And it you, is definitely cooperative. I think it would be easier probably the more players you have. But uh, you and I had our hands full with. Uh, it was challenging for two players the Especially first time. The first time, yeah. Yeah. The second time we seemed to get a better lock on it because yeah. we knew what we were in for. But you kind of knew what to prioritize mm-hmm. the second time that we didn't know the first time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I liked it. I I'd probably. It's probably going to get. It's one of those games that'll probably get easier as you play. Yeah. So I don't know how it scales for. I don't know how much replayability there is. It seems totally random, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely random. But yeah, if it gets easier, then it may not be. I feel like we just got the the rolls on the second one. We were able to combine a lot of stuff, and we were able to. Yeah, and the first time too, we made it difficult on ourselves because we thought we needed those. Like, we kept restarting till we started with, like, really difficult cards. And it was like, oh, that was a gift that we should have just Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. We wanted to feel like, we didn't want to feel like we were cheating the game. My wife is, uh, the TV is on in the background. My wife is watching the TV. Have <laughs> any Astros batters been hit by the Dodgers yet? No. No, darn it. Okay, let me know when someone Only gets. the second batter up. Let me know when someone gets drilled. Altuve's up right now. Oh, let's, uh, let's pause, shall we? I hope he gets hit in the head. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> This is going out. This is going. I didn't say hard. This is going out into people's houses. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, what would you rank uh, Back to the Future dice game? Out of what? uh, Ten. We'll do out of ten. I'd give it a six. Give it a six. Mm -hmm. You feel like it could be more challenging? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had the challenge the first time, Mm -hmm. but would you? It was still fun. Like I did enjoy it. Okay. It wasn't like it was boring. Give me. Let me for context. Give me some of your other games that you would rank a six. Like. Just a quick, a quick glance. Oh wow! <laughs> what, what would you give Villainous? 
I'd probably give Villainous like a four and a half. Okay, so that's pretty low. And then your so your favorite like some your some of your favorite game. Let's say like Lewis and Clark, which we both love. I'd probably give that an eight, eight and a half. Okay, and that's the one you love. Would you give a game a ten? Yeah. What's what's your ten game? I might give a game tonight a ten. Oh wow! Okay, perfect. Well, we'll see. So you, so somewhere in between. Okay, that that's fair. Because I'm going by the scale that we use on the on the Digital Movie Club. So you know, Justine gave Casablanca a six. <laughs> so that to me is like a slap because it's Casablanca, right? That's yes. a ten. So, uh, but Back to the Future, yeah, I would probably give it. Yeah, I'd give it a six, which is a six for me is something. It's like. Yeah, this is fun, but it's not going to be my it's not going to be my first choice. But I'm not sad that we own it either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's gonna it it has its audience. Like it's a perfect game to play when if you're introducing somebody new into the into yeah. like this type of game. Into um, a nice roller, with yeah, yeah. co-op, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. It's a fun co-op. It's not like throwing pandemic at somebody. Exactly, and it's it's a property that most people know, and yeah. they'll enjoy the theme. Yeah, and so. if you have somebody who's a fan, like it's a good representation of the game. All right, I'll give it a, you're going to give it a six. Uh, I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a six and a half. Uh, I'll give it a six and a half at the end of the day, because I really like the way that, um, the, you know, the art style is kind of cool and mm-hmm. all that. And I just like, I'm a sucker for anything with time travel. It's not a hard game, but you'll, you'll get it. Like when you take naps. <laughs> oh man, I time traveled today. Uh, our next game is also, this is a Funko brand is uh, putting out a lot of uh, board games now. They actually have a, a back, another Back to the Future game uh, designed by Prospero Hall that is coming out uh, later on in August, I just found out. But uh, we're going to talk about the, the, the new, w- one of my favorite uh, IPs of all. Um, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Godzilla. And Funko has put out a Godzilla, it's actually a strategy game. Uh, it's called Godzilla Tokyo Clash, and it's it is. Uh, let me give you the rankings here. It's eight point one on uh, Board Game Geek, uh, two to four players, forty five minutes playing time, uh, a weight of about a two. Uh, as same with Back to the Future, I would say it's a little say more a little complex. More complex, yeah. It's actually a hex game. If you love hex games, it's a nice little hex strategy game. Uh, it is uh, designed by Prospero Hall, which we were talking about. I don't know if I gave the credits for the Back to the Future game. Is did I give the the publishing credits? I don't think. It is published by uh, Funko Games, uh, and Funko's actually starting to put out a little. They started out with like the pop figure games, and they're starting to put out actual. Board games. <clears throat> so let's read the description here. Uh, in Godzilla Tokyo Clash, you play as Earth's most fearsome kaiju, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and Megalon, battling for dominance as the most terrifying monster in Japan. With detailed miniatures of the legendary monsters and a modular cityscape of 3D buildings to destroy, it's an epic battle every time you play. Each player has their own deck of cards, unique to the kaiju they control, as you throw trains and tanks at the opponents and attack them directly to cause damage. You can bird cards out of their deck, reducing their options on future turns. As you stomp through the city, you can uh, earn energy, which can help you lay out permanent enhancements to your abilities. Um, I was really shocked at how good of a strategy game this is. Yeah. Um, the setup's different every time. Um, there are different... The art on the card is really cool. It looks exactly like the 60s um, 
uh, Godzilla movies, like the pictures and the of the figures are the, the minis are yeah the they're mini, really cool looking. The minis are fantastic. Mothra was your favorite. Yeah, Mothra's my gal right now. Each of the um, it's a little bit like Root, the game Root, where each of the um, factions that you play has a different strategy. So Godzilla is all about overpowering your opponents. You're going to take some hits. But you, you, if you build up a big enough attack, you can pretty much decimate your yeah. opponent quickly. Mothra, since she's a friend to the humans, she can't destroy her uh, environment, but she does draw energy from the from the surrounding area, and that allows her to, and she can interrupt the attacks of like the other kaiju. Yeah. So we, I was really, I was surprised at a how good it was, and b how much you liked it. Yeah. Because we ended up playing it again. We ended up playing it two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun. I stayed with Godzilla both times because I wanted to see. I had a hard time with him the first time. I just because you just don't know everything yeah. the first time out. Um, I did Mothra both times? Yeah. No, you did. Didn't you do? Uh, oh, did I do somebody? That's right. I did Mothra the second. Yeah, time. you did Ghidorah the first time. I think. Or no, no, you did uh, Megalon. You did because it recommends Megalon the first. Oh, that's the right. first time. It recommends right. Megalon, and then you you decided to go with Mothra, who's pretty. Yes. That was your. That was your, but once you got to play with her, it was really cool because yeah. you're like, you were able to. I think that we were about to play it another night, and I was like, uh, I'm Mothra. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, the nice thing was table. you discover that you could, you could kind of chain stuff together where she's, yeah. you know, if she's next to a building, she can draw energy, and then your energy is what you use to attack, and you know you could foil attacks or you could you were and Mothra's kind of hard to pin down. You have to she yeah. can move, she can move you, she can mess with the other kaiju, so. Um, yeah. She's actually quite a powerful in kind of the way that you would do like uh, uh, um, jujitsu. You know, you use the opponent's weight against them. That's what she was doing. She yeah. would kind of use the attacks and kind of blow everything back towards the attacker. Um, it's it's interesting that you don't really do. There's not a lot of direct attacks unless you're up close. It's a lot of throwing. Yeah, throwing tanks Which, and and Mothra can't do. No, Mothra can't do so. But she has other ways. So yeah. we have yet to play with uh, King Ghidorah, but uh, I love this game. It's a great little hex strategy game. Yeah. The board is always different when you lay it out. Um, the city, the environments uh, react differently. You can have an aggressive military. You can have trains that run through the whole thing that provide uh, ammo for Godzilla and the other kaiju to throw at each other. Um, there are different buildings. There's little 3D buildings. It's a. It looks great on the table. It's a nice yeah. little. It's a nice little setup, and uh, like again, if you're into like hex strategy games, I was really surprised at how good of a game it was. Because I thought it was just going to be something like King of Tokyo or something where you just run around and smash each other. But you do have to. There's some strategy involved. And yeah, like I just saw it and was like, he has to have this game. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It was. It, I mean, I'm a huge Godzilla. In our yeah, it we, didn't matter. How good the game was! It was Godzilla, so it was coming home. Yeah, we have and out of we have a little kaiju shelf. We have Kaiju Crush, King of New York, King of Tokyo. We have the original Rampage before it got pulled, um, and now we have Godzilla. And I'd say my favorite out of all those is the Godzilla game. Um, I love King of Tokyo. That's another great game for introducing people into the genre. Um, another little dice chucker, but. Um, yeah, they really captured it, and uh, I really liked the, the, you know the art on the cards. Is if, if you're a Godzilla fan, you're going to love it, and um, it's not too difficult. And if you want to, if you're kind of get, just getting into the hobby and you want to get into more of a different type of strategy game, that's that's there's a word for that, and I can't think of what it is. It's it's I, I'm bad with words today. It's not oblique. It's a um, 
asymmetrical is what I want to say, where each each of the each of the factions has a different way of fighting. I think it's oh, yeah. No you, you remember the game Root, where we were all different animals in the forest. Some were birds, some were. I don't know that I played that. You did, and you didn't. You had a hard time with it. I think mm. we played it once. It's really cool. Do we, we own it. Yeah, we do. We'll play it again. We'll play it again. But uh, yeah, really fun light strategy game, Godzilla. What do you give this one, uh, wife? I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. Wow. Yeah. No, eight. You're going to give it an eight. That's, an eight. that's really, I'm, listen, not, not because I'm just shocked because like we, neither of us saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see Funko on it and you have an idea of, you know, these oversized. I didn't even, see, I didn't even notice that. I saw Godzilla. Yeah. Well, you know, and I knew my husband. Like we talked about, some of the some of the intellectual property sometimes they get lazy with it, mm-hmm. and then you have a game like the thing that's awesome, you know. So it's just sometimes, you know, sometimes you get that with like the legendary games. Like we're just gonna slap a, we're gonna slap a. a it doesn't always work, you know what I mean? But you're trying to get something out there, like legendary. Like the legendary deck itself is great. Like the legendary, like that's a great game. But some of the themes don't always work. With what you, with the way that game plays out, you know, but um, yeah, I liked it, Godzilla, man. I was really, I was really shocked. So, uh, I, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the next game we did, this is part of your, uh, part of your birthday gift. It was designed by a gentleman by the name of Peter McPherson, and it's called Tiny Towns. And um, this is actually a game that you we had played a demo copy of. And then you mistakenly thought that we owned, but mm-hmm. we had, and I forgot that we played it. So I got it for you for your birthday. I recognized it as soon as we saw it, as soon as we opened, got it out on the table and, and uh, all laid out. Uh, pardon me for not having this ready first. And Board Game Geek is, if you don't spell everything correctly, uh, it's not going to give you the closest match. It is, um, I keep putting an A in there because of my fat fingers. Here we go. Tiny Towns, we got it with a score of 7.4 and designed by Peter McPherson, um, published by all AEG, Alderac Entertainment Group. It's got a weight of 2.11, 45 to 60 minute playing time. Uh, it plays one to six. Uh, it is described as a city building, abstract strategy, and uh, it's classified as a family game. You're the mayor of a tiny town in the forest in which smaller creatures of the woods have created a civilization hidden away from predators. This new land is small and the resources are scarce, so you take what you can get and never say no to building materials. Cleverly plan and construct a thriving town and don't let it fill up with wasted resources. Whoever builds the most prosperous tiny town wins. In tiny towns, your town is represented by a 4x4 grid on which you will place resource cubes and specific layouts to construct buildings. Each building scores victory points in a unique way. When no player can place any more resources or construct any buildings, the game ends. Any scores without a building are worth negative one points, and the player with the most victory points wins. So this is a game where you have a limited space. You have to build on that space. You have to draft resources, and you have to lay the resources out where they will go. And until you build that building... They will take up a lot of space on your tiny little board. So this game is dependent a lot on how other players are drafting. Mm -hmm. So, for example, my wife had a bonus card where she needed to build 
as many, I forgot what it was. No, it just worked out that way. She, that that's she, what I could do. She decided to build a, everything. A bunch of wells. Uh, yeah, she, she kept building wells. So what I had to do was keep taking up my spaces on my board with her building materials. And uh, it was awful. And so, but it's you a. We're picking everything else. It's it was a fun. It's a fun little game. I love little city I building. I feel like two point one difficulty is a little low. You think it's you think it's more difficult? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little more. Because, yeah, like you're trying, like you said, if you call a a resource, that I have to draft that resource yep. too, and try to figure out where to put it, mm-hmm. and make try to make my plan work. Yeah, and you know, that, yeah, that is a good point. Not necessarily a screw your neighbor type of thing, because you're trying to build for yourself. But your choices affect everybody yes. else's playing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it can be selfish. It's not a screw your neighbor, but it is very selfish. I feel like two point one's a little low. Okay, you would you would put a Maybe little a three. It is a it is a good game. I you know we have a lot of we have a lot of games like that where you're where you have to build something or put lay tiles down in a certain way or put everything so I really like that I really like that dynamic I like yeah. that where everybody's working out of the same pool um, the little pieces are nice I love little wooden pieces like that the little wooden buildings are great yeah. it looks great when you have your little town built um, you know the art on the card is very cute I like the one with the tavern of the squirrel walking around with a just a big old stein of beer yeah um, yeah I, it's a really it's a really nice little strategy game um but there is an element of frustration because you are at the mercy of whoever is currently drafting. And we only played two players. That's right. Like four players, and six. What does it go up to? It goes up to uh, what do we say? Six. Yeah, one yep. to six. It's like yikes. Can that, you imagine drafting for like you'd go maybe two rounds with six people? I feel like because your 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 buildings and of course you're getting victory points for how your buildings are laid out. You know if you have. Uh, a granary you can feed a certain amount of buildings and certain points only score if they have food a food source and then wells score because they're built next to houses and so how you lay your town out is very important and then everybody's got these other side goals they're trying to, to accomplish yeah um so you know everybody's trying to build for themselves and then you're trying to make you're trying to take what you get and build according to so until it's your turn you're kind of at the mercy of what everybody else is drafting uh, until you finally take control, so it's it's a very you have to really figure out how you're going to lay that board out very yeah. quickly. Uh, I learned right, one mistake and it's done. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done. It's the, not forgiving. No, there is no <laughs> forgiveness for the game. No. So for being a cute little game with a cute box and some cute art, um, there is a it's it is a difficult. Uh, it, it it's if you if you are good at planning ahead. You're going to excel at this game. If you're more of well, I'll wait and see what I get. Um, you're going to you're going to you struggle. Can only plan so far ahead because you don't know what the other person's going to draft. That's true, but I mean, like as far as like just the way your town is laid out. Is it well because my phone went off? Yes. I don't even know why that's on. Like I haven't even. I never have my sound on. And my do not disturb should be on. It is my do not disturb's on. I don't know. Must be very important. Um, so, yeah, I I like this game, but uh, there is a there's a, there is a certain element of frustration with it. So just be ready for that if you play. You know, be ready to be you be kind of frustrated. But I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. What do you what do you give Tiny Towns, uh, young lady? 
I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Oh, okay, good. That's a that's a high score. I, I couldn't tell if you if you liked it a lot or not. I couldn't. I really couldn't. T- it was hard because you were so mad at me. I was angry with you. So it was hard to enjoy the game that I was winning. I apologize. I was a little. <laughs> when fr- you were very mad at me, I wasn't mad at you. I was mad you- at the kid from the Jersey Shore. The situation. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I was mad. You were mad. I really did get mad. I usually, you know, the old competitive me really doesn't come up a lot. Like, we have fun playing board games, and we have a good time. And even we're at game night. And you win a lot. I do win a lot, but not enough. Not enough. <laughs> no, but sometimes when I can't get something done or, like, I have a plan and, like, it just comes off the rails. Oh, my God. Like, oh, God, I get so angry. I'm going to give this one a seven. Because I do have a tendency to get frustrated with games like this. And that's my own. I understand that's not the fault of Mr. McPherson, the designer, or the game. Because it's a great game. It's a fun game. And I think it. if you like little city-building games, it, it deserves a place on your shelf. Um, I and, will say, though, that the animal theme was completely lost on me. Yeah, it could have been anything. could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. Until f- you read the description, I was like, there are animals? Yeah, that's where the and squirrel... I was like, okay, I see there's animals on the box. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, but it really didn't occur to me. Yeah, yeah. It I does, didn't look close enough to see that those were. It's just kind of like, that's the setup. Like, yeah. hey, guess what? This takes place in animal world. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like well, the game we're going to talk about next has a theme. And, uh, and then we're going to, well, no, we're not going to talk about it next. We're talking about Wingspan right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Wingspan. So Wingspan is the next game up. and also this has a theme. It does have a theme, and this it's a great theme. And it's beautiful. And it's a, one of the, it's a lovely game. Uh, this I would put up there. So this is from, uh, let, me, let me read you the, let me get the, 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 the stats up here for you. Um, this is actually on its second printing. We had to wait. To, uh, this, this took our game group by storm. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of resisted buying it because... Um, this would get played at. Uh, no, let me let me let me get everybody on board. <laughs> so I started a board game group with my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law moved away. I still run the board game group. Five years later, four years later, mm-hmm. I still run the board game group. Okay, but for all intents and purposes, it's my board game group, right? <laughs> okay. I have most of the games. I bring the games to group, whatever. You know, we have people that show up. We have a lot of regular players these are the people that we do the podcast with listen when i'm working full-time which is usually when we have board game night right i'm working full-time board game night falls on one of my two nights off now that is one of the few nights i get to have a full dinner sit down have dinner with my family because i'm not at work at night i sit down have dinner with my family sometimes that dinner goes long because i enjoy i'm talking to my wife i'm talking to, to my family were hanging out. And so I'm a, a little bit late to board game night. So when I'm running board game night and someone calls me and says, hey, I'm going to be late, I'll say, hey, you know what, guys? Let's play something quick because so-and-so is going to be late. We don't want to have them sit down and have to wait 45 minutes to an hour to finish a game, right? Right? 
Because I was raised in a time when that was. Oh my that god! Was <laughs> this story is as long as game night. So you know, I'm just—it's courtesy. It's common courtesy, is all I'm saying. <laughs> now, if I'm late, the underlings at board game night, they decide they're going to play something. You know what we'll do? We'll play a game of Wingspan while we're waiting. Well, with four players, Wingspan's going to take a little. We're going to play. You know what we'll play? Uh, we're going to play some Scythe while we're waiting for him to get here. <laughs> so I come in five minutes into the game. Guess what? For the next two hours, I'm sitting around reading instruction manuals. So not so fun. So <laughs> this happened to me. I got locked out of playing Wingspan. I'm going to say five times it happened. So I had a little bit of a of a chip on my shoulder about this game. Again, not the game's Again, fault. Again, not the game's fault. Mario has issues. I have issues with people being rude. <laughs> I'm the founder. Do you understand me? Yes, dear. <sighs> Anyways, Wingspan. Who scored the run for the Astros? Was it a home run? Yes. Ugh. Carrera something, maybe? I don't know. Wingspan. I don't care about them. Published by Stonemeyer Games. Fantastic. Fantastic track record, Stonemeyer Games. We just mentioned them. Scythe. How about Viticulture? You need to play that one. I haven't played that one. Oh, fantastic. Stonemeyer, always good with the components, too. Uh, this is designed by Elizabeth Hargrave female designer which is nice we don't get a lot of that in our collection not on purpose there's just not a lot of the art let's talk about the artists because the art on this in this game is beautiful Beautiful. Ana Maria Martinez Jaramillo Natalia Rojas and Beth Sobel were the artists so a full female cast full female cast sounds like Uh, with a score of 8.1 on Board Game Geek it plays 1 to 5 Plays 40 to 70 minutes. I'm going to say, I'm going to call him on that and say it's longer. Trust me, I know. Uh, weight of about 2.39 out of 5. I'd, I'd mark that about right, yeah. Uh, Wingspan is a competitive, medium-weight, card-driven, engine-building board game from Stonemeyer Games. It's designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and features over 170 birds illustrated by Natalia Rojas and Anna Maria Martinez. You are bird enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. (laughs) You are bird enthusiasts, researchers, bird watchers, ornithologists, and collectors seeking to discover and attract the best birds to your network of wildlife preserves. Each bird extends a chain of powerful combinations in one of your habitats. These habitats focus on several key aspects of growth. Gain food tokens via custom dice in a bird feeder. Lay eggs using miniature eggs in a variety of colors. Draw from hundreds of unique bird cards and play them. The winner is a player with the most points after four rounds. Um, yeah, it is fantastic. Um, it was the, uh, it was the, uh, the, the Spiel des Jahres winner for 2019, I believe. And it is a fantastic game. What you looking at there, young lady? Oh, I was just looking at the box. Yeah, it, beautiful. The art is beautiful. We have the European expansion. We haven't added it yet. But these are all North American birds. They're all beautifully drawn. They look like you're playing like a bunch of postage stamps, like mm-hmm. the bird postage stamps. Um, like straight out of like that Audubon. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the um, I can't even think of the word. The National Audubon Society. Um Man, 
what a great game. Yeah. Very simple. Um, very simple to learn. You know, easy. It laid out. It lays out beautifully. Looks great on the table. Um, and pretty much paying attention to just your board. Mm-hmm. Unless you know, I had a couple birds that let me do things when your birds did things. Like yeah, I got bonuses. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah. You're just really trying to build up your board and your nests and birds and mm-hmm. yeah. Eggs are the currency in the game, and you have a certain amount of moves each round and each. If each round you lose one move because your cubes are used to kind of track your score per round, so you you have to get very uh, creative towards the end. Yeah, with fewer round or two, you're like, huh. With fewer moves, you're trying to make as make as much stuff happen as possible, and the cards are all dependent on one another. Yeah, and the cards trigger if you don't play a bird card. The cards trigger if you play an action then the cube moves down the row of cards you have. And some of those cards, some of those birds have powers that activate. So it depends on how you play each hand. Yeah. And um, you, you, want, you want to try to build like, it is an engine building game because you want to trigger, you want one action to trigger two or three other actions that therefore strengthen your hand or kind of build up your 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 collection of birds. Yeah. And you you learn a little something about the birds while you're while you you, you learn yeah. what, what they eat you learn what their habitat is you learn you know what they look like so it's really really if you are a fan of any kind of uh, if you like nature at all yeah it's uh, a beautiful game it's a beautiful game and it's very very um, the word elegant is is thrown around sometimes I would say this is an elegant game because yeah. everything works very intuitively and everything just works beautifully yeah you have common goals you have private goals mm-hmm. it's yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. And again, you're kind of you're always engaged because you're paying attention to what's going on on your board. So even when you, the other players are taking their turns, you're kind of trying to plan ahead yeah. and figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to make this happen. And it's very, you know, it's kind of a, a chain of events that you're trying to, to to set up. So that one card you get or that one action you play, you know, it's a domino effect. And next thing you know, you have three or four. Um, three or four results of that move that are going to move you, you move you forward on the scoreboard. So, yes. um, yeah, I loved it. I yes. loved it, and it was just a very nice. Uh, it, it was for me. It was everything that this, you know, that everything that modern board games could be is in this game. And again, you wouldn't think a game about birds if you're not into birds. You wouldn't think about birds would be, uh, you know, such a good game, or you'd be that into it. But you really do. Once you start trying to figure out, how, what, once you figure out what you need to do, you really get into it. You're looking like what birds yeah. are available to draft, and I need this guy. I need a bird that eats fruit, or I need this, and yeah. uh, you know it. It becomes kind of um, you really get into it for the few minutes that you're playing it. So, yeah. w- what did you think? I mean, I loved it. It was beautiful. It was easy to learn. Like they had that like thing where you. They set up like the first round, the mm-hmm. first four moves. For I thought that was completely unnecessary. Maybe if you're brand new to games, it's necessary. But that is the nice thing. Like somebody might pick that up hearing yeah. about it. And if you are brand new to this style of board game, there is an instruction manual for how yeah. to how to do it. You know, you, it drafts for you. But to say that it was easy, like it was just, it was very entertaining. Yes, I don't. I have literally no idea how long we played. I, it didn't feel that long to me. Good. When you were like, oh, I think it's longer. I'm like, was it? 
Well, when you're waiting for a game to finish, it's longer. <laughs> That's what I was getting. Oh. <laughs> well, when it was just you and I, it, I don't know how long we played. It could have been an hour. It could have been two. Yeah, we, it, it, yeah like, we. I don't know. We probably played for about an hour and a half. Didn't feel like it. Yeah. Felt like maybe 30. Like, yeah. It was just a really smooth, fun. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about the box. Um, you know, there's game trays in there, which. And the trays interlock to become storage yeah you use the trays to you you actually use them during the game yes yep keeps everything organized you can lay everything out uh and then when it's all done it goes back in that box and everything fits man let's just uh, look i'm willing to pay a little bit extra people that are into this game are into the hobby you know people like wingspan isn't going to be something that you know if you walk into target you've never played a game like this you're not going to pick up wingspan no unless someone recommends it to you and especially with a price tag that it has. And we don't carry it. But, uh, but yeah, I want to, if I'm going to drop money on these games, you know, I want... I, the, I want the whole package. And I, feel, I don't want four walls, you know what I mean? Big empty box. Ugh. Big, would you rather have big empty box or box that should be empty, but I've got a useless cardboard insert a la Fantasy Flight Games? What do you, which one do you want? Which one's worse? I don't know. I feel like I'm way. I feel I'd rather just have the empty box. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Because don't make me throw away the cardboard and feel bad about myself. You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to toss I'm it. I'm going to recycle it. I'm going to toss. I'm going to recycle. I will it's recycle it. But yeah, you know, like rebellion and all that. It just ends up being a big empty box. Yeah. I would love trays for that. If you have to tack on twenty bucks, do it. I mean, I'm paying. Do you throw in a baggie. <laughs> some place. Yeah. Some. Some. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to. What do you give wingspan? I give Wingspan a 10. 10? It's going to give you a 10 for you, huh? Yeah. It, I can't, other than Mario's bitter feelings. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 9 just because I don't want it to give it a um, 10. I can't find any fault with that game. All right. And the replayability, like, there literally are hundreds of games. And now that I know it's an all-female team... I yeah. like it even more. Yeah, you know, th- this came up on the. Um, I f- I'm on a board game group on um, on uh, Facebook, and, and some of the people, you know, when 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 uh, when the the protests, uh, you know, for George Floyd started taking place, someone brought up a point and said, "Hey, I'd like to support some uh, board game designers of color," and you know, and immediately backlash. Yeah, and then somebody the next day was like, "Hey, I'd like to support some some female." board gamers or board game designers and again why does it why does it matter but it does matter it does representation matters and um you could have someone that's going to bring you if you're going to do a game um you know someone someone from another culture or gender can bring a different perspective that you might have not have thought of because i don't know that this game would be as lovely and as fluid and as beautiful if it weren't women, like you, you feel like you feel like that was what you. you know? I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah. It just it was fun. Mm-hmm. I lost. I still loved every minute of it. Yeah. Like it was great. Yeah, the components are nice. The, you know, it's nice to look at the cards. And yeah, the cards and the little eggs and the foods and mm-hmm. like it was just it's just such a pleasant game. Okay, like it. And you feel like the female touch really did that. I've, feel like there's a good possibility i mean obviously we'll never know unless there's a 
designed by the men that like you could compare it to. The hawks are like just ripping each other. The hawk comes in like <laughs> just blood and guts. <laughs> kills your parakeets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I, I have I, reason to believe that the lighter female touch was perfect for this game. Okay. I'm not gonna argue with that. I'm just asking if you if that if that's how you feel. Like like if I had would you have been able to tell that? Like would you have thought that if I hadn't told you that it was a woman? Did you feel like maybe it really didn't even. Well, we don't think about it. I, yeah, I really don't think about it because I don't ever really focus on who makes it. Like, I didn't even see the word Funko on the Godzilla yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I saw Godzilla. I saw a picture of Godzilla and writing in Japanese. Yes. Um, and I was like, that's all. Like, I stopped looking. I tend to look at designers because we have a lot of games that are designed by certain designers. I just can never remember. That I like, yeah. And so it's not priority for me. So I never really pay attention to that. So it's not a thing that I generally think of. But as soon as you said it was women, I was like, of course, of course. Like, it feels feminine, but not, you know, it feels soft. Okay, but not in a bad way. No, not at all. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it a 10 just because uh, I really don't want to, but it is. (laughs) No, no, no. Honestly, just because I'm bitter. No, it is. there's there's a there's few games that I would give a ten I would give Lewis and Clark a ten for me, but it, you know what I noticed those two are that's also an engine building game where you're building this mm-hmm. this you know not a literal engine but you're building this it's gonna this thing is gonna carry you to your goal and that's the way Wingspan is and I love that you when you start off slow mm-hmm. and then you keep moving you might you might be behind the first round or two mm-hmm. and then you know round three your plan starts to come together. And next thing you know, you're just... Or it's round three and you're like, shit. Yeah, well, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's some games that I... I very few games in our collection um, wh- I would score poorly. Uh, you know, most you know I like most everything. There's a couple I'm looking at where I'm like, well, I'm... You know, we played that once or twice and, you know, it didn't end up being as great as I wanted it to. But I had fun with it. Um, but I think there are even fewer that I would give a 10 to. I think most of them are in the high... Eight nine, you know, mm-hmm. but there's very few games I would say like this is a you know almost a perfect game, and I'm going to say Wingspan is is that. Yeah. It, um, I really really was blown away by it. So uh, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a ten. We should have closed on that, but uh, not that this game is bad, but I think uh, once you play uh, you know something like Wingspan, it's hard to uh, you know like like you said it's 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 got a, its own feel. Yeah. Uh, our next game up is called Isle of Cats, and uh, this was actually a really fun surprise. And I got to give shout-outs to people on the board game group uh, because I had kind of passed this by when I saw it in the store, and um, and people kept raving about it on the board game group. So I thought it'd be fun to give it to you for your birthday because you are a cat lover. Uh, it is. I am crazy it, cat lady. So this is a design by Frank West. Um, with a 60 to 90 minute playing time and a weight of 2.30. Uh, the Isle of Cats gets an 8.1 on Board Game Geek. And uh, it's a competitive, medium weight, card drafting, polyamino cat placement board game for one to four players. You can go up to six with expansions. Oh. You're More the, kitties? 
You are the citizens of Squall's End on a rescue mission to the Isle of Cats and must rescue as many cats as possible before the evil Lord Vesh arrives. Each cat is represented by a unique tile and belongs to a family. You must find a way to make them all fit on your boat while keeping your families together. You also need to manage your resources as you explore the island by drafting cards, rescue cats, find treasures, befriend the Oshaks, and study ancient lessons. Each lesson you collect will give you another personal way of scoring points. And there are 38, eight, 38 unique lessons available. Complete lessons. Fill your boat and keep cat families together to score points. The winner will be the player with the most points after five rounds. Uh, it won the Golden Geek Board Game of the Year. Uh, it was a nominee. It was nominee, nominated. God bless it. For the 2019 Golden Geek Game of the Year. It was nominated for the same uh, group's uh, family board game. And Best Artwork and Presentation was also a nominee for those. So the Isle of Cats. Let's talk about it. I really enjoyed this game as well. Yep. I am a crazy cat lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cats, the art on it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I want all the kitties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're kind of like a little, uh, they're, they're a little fantastical. Yes. Just slightly, slightly fantastical. All beautiful colors, blue, orange, red. They're all primary colored cats. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit of a, of a, of a tetrisy. Your mm-hmm. boat has a, your boat is laid out in a grid, and the the cats are all different shapes. They take on different shapes because they're stretched out or curled up or you know, yeah. leaning on stuff. And you have to lay them in the boat, and you have to fill up every. It's like a ride at Disneyland. You have to fill up all the available <laughs> space, or you lose points. Yeah. And in the hold of your ship, there are rats. There are different rooms. So you will lose points if you don't have all of your rooms filled up. You'll lose points if there are rats that you can see. Um, But you can also gain treasure by laying a cat on top of a treasure of the same color. So you can fill up the boat with random treasure. Um, You're picking all the tiles out of a bag. You're bidding for them. You're bidding for turn order. Um and you're drafting cards. It's, there's a lot going on in this game. Yeah. But it all works. Mm-hmm. It, it all works well. There's a little bit of a card drafting element. There's the tile laying. And then there's a lot of side goals that are called lessons. And some yeah, lessons. Some, some le- of them are co- common. Some of them are private. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And it, it had a lot of, it was surprisingly deep. Yeah. Um, not very hard to play. Rodney has a, a video on it. on watch it played. Um, wasn't very hard to learn, but there's a lot of strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I was very, very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, the box is just an empty box, <laughs> but there is a space for your cat to be in it while you're playing. There's yes, a, that's super cute. Um, but uh, but it did come with like fifty Ziploc baggies. So. You need them. There's a lot of cards in this game too. So that was nice. At least you could keep it organized. Mm-hmm. And not just loose in the box. I'm so. also a sucker for a game with a canvas bag where you're doing mm-hmm. blind draw. You're doing blind drawings out of that. Love that. Kind of like Clank. Clank has that nice that, that canvas yeah. bag uh, mechanic. So you're so you, you know some of the cats are more expensive, and then you have to you can only draft so many cats depending on how many baskets how much you have. The cat you have and mm-hmm. how many baskets you have, and and then one nice thing is in the drafting. 
everybody gets a hand of seven cards. You actually get to take two, but then you pass the other cards around until you're down to one, and then everybody takes the last card. So you take your best two, then you maybe or you if you know somebody's going to score, you know, I've, you know, I'll have a card that says maybe score five extra points for every blue cat you have, and I see my wife has a load of blue cats i might take that card just to ditch it and discard it later yeah because even though you keep it in your hand you you don't have to pay to keep it you yeah you have to pay out. to keep cards and the way you pay you pay with fish and those fish you're going to need to draft cards later so you really have to manage your 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 resources that you have coming in you can save some so you're there's a lot going on there's a yeah. lot of planning and strategy and because of that the game tends to go by very quickly mm-hmm. and it's only five rounds and that's what I liked about Wingspan, too. I like games where there's a set amount of rounds. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, the rounds aren't necessarily timed or whatever. Yeah. Like, you have a set set rounds and you do, the, you know, these six moves or five moves yeah, or whatever yeah. it is in that round. And each person does theirs. I like that component because it... Kind of speeds it, up the game? It speeds it up in my brain, I think. Because there's a very definite visual end that I can keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Lewis and Clark, like that could take hours. Yeah. I mean, we had one game recently where we played over two nights. Yeah, we had to, we had to, we had to pause and then come back to it. Yeah. So, which, you know, I love the game, but I like, I do really enjoy games that have like set rounds. Mm-hmm. Like this is... What's the one, What I'm thinking of one that we play it has rounds that we, whenever we play it, we're like, "Wow, this game goes quick." What is it? I was we, we just played it too. We're gonna sit here and stare at it all. We're gonna sit here and stare at all the all the boxes we have. But we have one game that we play, uh, where we always say, "Well, like you know this." Well, no, I can't think of any. I can't think of what it is. But there's one game we always play where I say, "Oh my gosh!" Like I can't believe this game. We is it favelas. No, it's not favelas. We'll think about it. It'll come to us when we're off the air, and I won't remember to tell you guys what it was. But... Aztec? Nope. Not Aztec. That's a good game, though. That's a good little starter. Because um, Aztec, you're just going until you... Oh, that's right. It's not really round. No, no, no. You just you run out of tiles. I can't remember what it is. We'll th- I'll think about it. But, uh, yeah, we're always like, ooh, five round. It is, it is a five round game. I can't think of what it is. Oh well, 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 it'll come to us. But um, yeah, the the idea that it's it was a set, but it, there was just so many components in the game. I thought there were so many disparate elements that I wasn't sure it was going to be able to come to, come together. But it came together, and it is a solid game. So I really, um, my only knock on the game is that the theme you're waiting for this evil lord to come, and that doesn't really play into it. That's just how you count the rounds down. Yeah. <laughs> So it seems like oh you know it sets up. You're this- gonna have this negative effect when it come when he comes to town. Yeah, it's kind of like just like okay, you just got to get him out before you know. It could have just been like hey, rescue cats. You know what I mean? Like um, you could have just said hey, there's a storm coming. The fact that he's an evil lord like does nothing. It doesn't play into it. That's my only. But I do like that there's a world built. It's like that, yeah. that there's a there's an element of world building. Um, but uh, yeah, this is basically a. a Think of it like a tile laying game. If it was if it was designed by Ryan Lockett, like kind of like those fantastical creatures, you know, from from above and below and and uh, Islebound and those kind of games. Uh, the cats kind of have that look to them, but it's a really cool game and there's beautiful art. Like my wife said, the the tiles are all 
really nice. And, you know, the, the boards are cool and everything. So I really dug this game. Um, if, if you if you're a fan of uh, what is it, Scaribia, uh by uh, um, by Blue Orange Games, it's very similar. Very similar. You're laying the tiles like that, but there's a card drafting element to it. So uh, I'm gonna. What do you give this one? What do you give Isle of Cats? I'm gonna give it a nine five. You're gonna give it a nine point five. Wow, that's high. So what knocks it? What keeps it from being as good as Wingspan for you? I don't know. I just can't put it up there as high as Wings. Okay, that's fine. I, would... I, re- I did really enjoy playing it. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of replayability. Yeah. A lot of replayability. Uh, I would give that... Uh, I'm going to give Isle of Cats an 8. Um, Probably 2 because I'm a crazy cat lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you were really taken with the theme, and I was very happy because... That was the one thing I knew you. I wasn't sure you were gonna like. We had played Tiny Towns. You liked it. I knew you were gonna like Wingspan just because it's a beautiful game, and I knew mm-hmm. it was just it's right up our alley. But uh, I wasn't sure it was a it was a it was a literal roll of the dice. So I'm super happy that you that you enjoyed it. But yeah. uh, it's weird that you, you you can't give it a ten. But I don't know. I'm not mad at you. I just you know I'm wondering what it is that's keeping you from. Giving it, I think it's just not. If we had played them in reverse, if we had played Isle of Cats Mm. first, do you think that would have changed your mind? No, because I mean, I still have played both. Okay, all right. I'm not mad at you. I mean, I might have given it a ten if I had never played Wingspan. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I guess it's slightly less elegant, slightly less. Yeah, and that's not to say it's clunky. No, it's not clunky, but there is. I don't know. Wingspan just has such a flow to it mm-hmm. that I really appreciate it. That's awesome. No, I, I listen. I'm not. But I loved Isle of Cats. I love that they have the cat spot. In the box, and our cat jumped in the box. Yeah, our our cat did play by the rules. Um, no, I am not upset with you at all. I, I'm just trying to get into your mind and, and figure out what what it is that you know what like you know what what you're thinking is for because half a point is such a like it's so it's so close. Yeah. So I just wanted to know, but I you know I understand. Sometimes you just can't put your finger on it, and you know as to why can't some, put words to it. Yeah, something works for you in a way that. You know, Fury of Dracula for me is probably another one of those games for me that's a ten. Um, we have another game last Friday that was really great that we like. Yeah. But somehow for me, I don't know if it's the theme. I don't know if it's it's the pretty much the same. You know, it's very very similar. Um, but for for some reason, just the way it's done, Fury of Dracula for me gives it that it gets that that little edge. You know, <laughs> uh, I can't quite put my finger on why, but. Uh, so we're going to talk about, real quickly, we finally finished. I bought this game about a year, two years ago. Something. It's been a It's a Harry Potter Hogwarts battle, and it comes in seven chapters. And each, we, we're already, deck building is probably my favorite genre of game. Um, I don't know if it's yours, but we play a lot of it's deck builds. We play a lot of deck builds. We started with Star Realms. We play one called Paperback, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Clank is another one of our favorites. Um we really like a deck builder. So um, uh, we were excited that uh, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. My wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, she's read all the novels and she's seen all the movies. And uh, 
So this was, but this I'm telling you as a person who is not the biggest fan, uh, but loves deck builders. This is fantastic. Pick this up because if you've never played a deck builder. First of all, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you've never played it. Welcome to the end of the podcast where we're finally addressing you, the newbie. But if you've never played a deck builder before, this will teach you to play, and it will teach you to play pretty much every standard deck builder. You can play Dominion after this. You can play Star Realms. I think the only difference is is co-op. Well, most deck builders are. Oh, that's true. No, No, that's true. That's true. But it is is a co-op game, so it's fun. Yeah. Fun for the whole family, so you nobody will feel like they're on the outs. Everybody's contributing. Yeah, and you're you're working together to the common goal. And the more you know the stories, the I'm, I think the more enjoyable yeah. it is for you because you were seeing allies. You were going, oh, it's so and so, and I'm like, who's that guy? Ooh, and you're like, huh? yeah, you're like, oh, she did this. I'm like, oh, cool. But then it and they all make sense in the in the world of the yeah. story. And uh, they like you're saying, it teaches you how to build it. So book one is like the smallest deck. It's real basic. The kids are young. They don't have as many spells and powers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it teaches you in small bites. Yes. And then you add each game that you play, you add a new book and it follows the story. So it's it's uh yeah, useful e- that way. Each of the locations is a location from that chapter of the book. Or that book. That, that you're battling for. Each of the villains is, is a villain that, that appears in that story. For the first time. For the first time. Um, it recommends, if you're playing, that if you're already familiar, that you start with Chapter 3 and you know just kind of build the, build the game accordingly. But we had fun going from yeah, Chapter 1. But it just took us forever to get through it because we'd play and then we'd play something else. and then So we meant to finish this a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm going to say at Game 4 or Game 5, it really, Five. it really it started to get real dicey. Gets real difficult to start, and especially then, at the beginning, because mm-hmm. your deck is tiny. And then once you start drafting cards, then it gets a little easier. But at the beginning, yeah, yeah. you're having some issues. Uh, yeah, we really enjoyed it, and uh, it is a great way to learn deck building. If you want to give this someone to who's a Harry Potter fan, but they might not necessarily be into board games. It's a fantastic gift because it'll teach them a new style of game. Um, they're going to love it if they like Harry Potter already. Yeah. And this is a little different than other deck builders because uh, where your currency in any game, like in Star Realms or whatever, you have your credits or your coins or what have you. Um, instead of keeping track of them mentally like you would, um, there are coins for everything. So your, your money, you get literal coins or you know your attack points. You get literal lightning bolts to lay on the on the board. It comes with a really nice board. The pieces are great. The cards are all pictures of, from the movie. So whether or not you like that sort of thing, I don't. I know a lot of people don't consider that art, but um, there are you know pictures from all the movies. And the the kids get older as you as you go through yeah. it. So they start out with pictures of the, the cast look super young, and then by the end they're all you know grown up. But it's really cool. Um, and then we have the expansion, which we're about to break open. That's another four-parter, so we'll have like three years from now we'll be able to do that. <laughs> but let me give you the – it's Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, uh, two to four players, 30 to 60 minutes. It's got a weight of 2.09, uh, ages 11 plus. Uh, it is designed by uh, Forrest – hold on. I took my glasses off like an idiot in mid-podcast. And now they won't go on. Uh, Cami Mandel and Andrew Wolf, um, and it's published by, I believe, um, 
Asmodee Games here in the United States. Uh, or USAopoly, maybe, too. I, I don't have to put... It says Asmodee, so... Could have swore I saw USAopoly on the box. I could be wrong. I'll shut up and just say what it is here. Um, yeah, get it. Get it. Good stuff. Yeah. And, and that's from a non-Harry Potter fan. The addition adds a fifth player, right? Yes, I believe the, the expansion adds a, uh, as a adds Luna Lovegood as a permanent character. She is an ally in the other ones. Uh, so what would you rank it as, now that we've played it, what would you rank uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. All right. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, solid deck builder. Really good deck builder. Um, I feel like the cooperative element, for you and I, the cooperative element is fun, but it, as challenging as we we as challenging as it was early on, I never had the feeling we were we weren't going to beat it. There did, was a couple. Did you did you get a, did you think for a little while we weren't going to beat it? Book six and seven, like we were almost. We got we dug ourselves in. We got a, we got in a hole early on, but we were able to. Yeah. I knew we were. I, I have ultimate faith in you, so that's probably what it was. <laughs> Okay. That's probably why I knew we were going to get out of it. But yeah, I would give this a solid eight. You said 8.5? Yes, I believe I did. Okay, so yes. not as good as Wingspan then? No. I would just do that to you from now on. Well, that's our show for this time, guys. Uh, we're looking forward to playing some more games. Uh, we've been catching up with a lot of our back catalog here down in the in the game bunker. Um but we've been playing through a lot of games, a lot of which we went through last time with you. Um, one of our favorites has been, uh, what did we pull out that we really enjoyed that we've, we played a lot of? Aside from the Harry Potter Hogwarts, we were playing, what do we play a ton of? We've played a ton of Llama. Oh, Llama the card game. Fantastic. I'm going to give that an eight. Yeah. Llama the card game. That is a great little quick game. We've been playing a lot of Quicks the dice game, too. Mm-hmm. That's another solid little little. You can find those are probably like ten bucks each. Yeah. Uh, Quicks the dice game. That's another. That's an eight too. Uh, I knew we were playing. What else did we play? This one game. Like when I put them back on the shelf, somehow I lose my memory. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us, guys. We'll, we'll think about them later, and we'll we'll get back to you. You'll hear from us again soon. Um, please, if you uh, if you guys have a recommendations for a game that you guys want us to. Uh, Want us to play or you want us to review? Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We are we go under the podcast uh, name uh, Superiority Complex, which is our regular podcast. Uh, so at Soup Complex, S O U P Complex. If you have any questions about the games that we've played or, or recommendations that you want for games, just tell us what you like. Uh, reach out to us, please, and we will be happy to answer any questions for you. So until next time, guys. For my beautiful wife, I'm going to say, what do we say? Meeples in your favor or something like that? May the meat, may the dice be ever in your favor. What do I don't We have some kind of sign off. <laughs> roll it. Keep rolling. Roll. May all your rolls be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later, guys. <laughs>